Well, hello, all you little deviants out there, and welcome to another beautiful edition of Serial Killers and Chill, where I am your host, Bambi. I, I'm just here for the food. Okay, <laughs> and, and we've got Tara as well, too. Uh, we're doing another video. Um, we're going to go ahead and just kind of play, uh, you know, we're going to hopefully upload these at some point in time and see how things work. Uh, but we do have a full episode here today. And a very interesting killer by the name of... Ah, we're actually doing two killers. Oh, that's right. We're doing two killers, ladies and gentlemen. A duo couple killer, Fred and Rosemary West. Of the UK. Mm -hmm, of the United Kingdom. Um, I think they know what UK means. Well, whatever. I just wanted to feel special. <laughs> I, wanted to be, I wanted to be a special. So... Uh, who do we want to start off with? Do we want to start off because in this we actually did it a little interesting. We took each a we we took each person. I took Fred West, Tara took Rosemary, and so we kind of riffed off of uh, each other. And so I was wondering, uh, do you do you want to start or should we start with Fred West? Oh, start with Fred. Uh, Fred's full name is actually Frederick Walter Stephen West. So he's got two middle names. He was born 29 September of 41 and died January 1st of 1995. You want a Today in History fact? Yes. <laughs> uh, so on 29 September 1941 was actually the first Moscow conference between the USSR, Britain, and the US. The British actually sent over a representative by the, no by the name of Lord Beaverbrook. That was I'm sorry. Lord Beaverbrook. Beaver. His official full name was William Maxwell Aitken, the first Baron of Beaverbrook. Lord Beaverbrook. Yeah, that was he was one of the the representatives. This was, of course, uh, you know, right before we actually entered World War One, and this was the USSR and Russia trying to come together to be like, how can we stop the evil invasion or what have you? Well, you know, what? if you're going to be the Lord of anything, you might as well be the Lord of the Beaver. <laughs> There's, there's actually a mini little scandal that took place where Winston Churchill had asked to buy 25 pounds of caviar. Uh, not, not actual like pounds, pounds, but pounds currency. Oh, okay. So during a time of rationing and everything else, like uh, everything, everything with the rationing, 25 pounds worth of something was actually a quite significant deal back in 1941. Whereas yeah. a 25 pounds now is a date to McDonald's if you want. <laughs> oh, that's romantic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> January 1st of 1995, uh, Austria, Finland, and Sweden joined the, joined the EU. So those were just two notable facts. Uh, yeah, fun, fi fun side note. He got a mention in the Today in History for... Really? Yeah, he got a mention. Uh, it just basically mentioned that he was born... On 29th September of 41, but it doesn't mention that he died. So he's mentioned that he was born, but it never mentioned that he had perished. Oh. Yeah. With some of the today and with some of the today facts that we've looked that I've looked at for other serial killers, they will get a mention of death or an execution. But Fred didn't have that. Maybe he hadn't. Well, you know, I I don't. I don't know why he wasn't given the common courtesy of a, a death notice, but sure. Okay. 
I mean, when you are one of the most prolific serial killers of of the UK, I don't think you really would get. I I mean, I could see why you wouldn't get a mention, but it's I you would hope. But, but still, as we discovered doing a lot of our research on this, there were a lot of holes. Like, there's a lot about this couple that is just you're left kind of scratching your head. If if anybody is wondering what you could probably probably akin it to is one giant cops episode. To be completely honest with you, like the the Wikipedia, the uh, you know all the little side all the little side websites, it's one giant freaking cops episode. Is it's, it's like this dude's life is just filled with oh my god, that's fucking yeah yeah. Rosemary's wasn't any better. Um, he grew up poor on a farm uh, with a, a poor farm family, obviously. Uh, his father doled out the punishments. His mom was overprotective. Uh, in 1946, right after you know the U.S. entered the war, uh, he his father became a milking herdsman. They made a, a mention that there was no electricity or running water where they lived in 1946. I did a little bit of research. Uh, in 1936, the national grid of the U.K. was constructed, and it sounds like electricity was actually quite regular around everywhere but in the rural areas it might not have been that that prominent it might have taken some time and also because you know it was 1936 uh and well 1946 is when they moved to the spot where they lived in this shack with no running water and electricity it might have been the whole uh you know, the whole reason why they didn't have electricity or running water was because of all that, you know, the war nonsense that was going on. Yeah, yeah. It, it probably didn't seem quite so imperative to get it to people further out. Yeah. Where they lived, it was part, like, where they lived was part of the whole national grid. Like, it actually was like, okay, this is a prominent part. Because uh, there's, like, there's, like, six or eight sections. And where they moved to, one of the sections was actually, hey, this is the section where he... Um, moved too, so it was a part of it, but I don't. There was it was very little mention about like the rural location, so it might have been like you said, it's not very. Yeah. Well, that and maybe they were so poor they just couldn't afford those basic amenities. Yeah. By 1951, he ended up having eight brothers and sisters, six of who survived with his mom. He was actually the favorite, uh, you know, of his relationship, and it actually showed. He was described as a fringe kid, always in trouble, dim and barely literate. He left school at the age of 15 to work on the same farm as, as his dad. There were claims that at the age of 12, his mother showed him what it was like to be a man, basically incest, you know? His father slept with one of his sisters, uh, so to him, incest was, quote, normal. Uh, however, one of his younger siblings, Doug, actually claimed that they were all just fantasies that he made up. So it, it, it yeah. It never, according to his brother, it never happened. According to one of his siblings, it was all just a fantasy of his. Of all the things you could fantasize about. Uh, it, it actually kind of comes uh, to fruition here in about two seconds. He was labeled a country bumpkin because of his accent. Although he had huge confidence for a country bumpkin, he would aggressively pester women uh, who he saw as basically objects to use and abuse. When women did let him advance, his poor performance was described as very selfish, and women would leave severely unsatisfied. Uh, he would he would run up to women, grope them, and just run away. You know, he would basically try to get away with as much as he possibly could, try to advance, and yeah, they he, apparently he sucked in the sack. Uh, his life would actually be altered at the age of seventeen 
when he got into a, a motorcycle accident. He fractured his skull, broke his arm and his leg, and he was unconscious for seven days. He developed a phobia of hospitals and became prone to rage. Oh. One of the uh, one of the announcers actually put it really, really, really awesomely in the document in a documentary that I watched on him. Uh, when you take someone like Fred, who is already showing signs of being unhinged, and then you give him an accident that affects him mentally, it's like opening the floodgates of of that event, where you and I might hold back because of of the wrongdoing that we're about to do. With his possible brain injury, you remove that guard and let hell basically loose. Okay, so he was already predisposed to it, so there's possibility that brain injury during the accident may have exacerbated things? Yeah, well, I mean, he was groping women at, you know, at a younger age, just kind of doing whatever the fuck he wants. And then, you know, you take that, you take that accident, you know, to the head, and then all of a sudden, you know, something knocks loose. Uh, They were talking about where he... Where he got damaged, you know, in the brain. So it was. Uh, oh, like the specific lobe. Yeah, they were talking about. I, I was. I was. I watched it while playing Skyrim. So fucking sue me. You know, I wasn't paying. I was paying half attention. I had seen the documentary about three or four times before. It was just a refresher because I've heard of this guy. You know, when you made mention of him, and then I watched the documentary, I was like, oh yeah, this dumbass. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember your your text coming through. Um, please tell me you're going to share a picture of this guy because. He, to me, mm. he looked like that car salesman <laughs> yes. at a really, really shitty lemon <laughs> lot. Like, the, the kind where you're like, you look like you would be sticky. Oh, really? You just, you're gonna stop talking randomly? That's awesome. Sorry. I had to get my... Water. I charged vanilla water. Oh, it's so good, it's so fuzzy. Everybody who knows me knows I don't do this unless I'm desperate for some kind of sugar in my system. Remember that this is a podcast and people can't see it. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you're going to edit half that out anyway. No, I'm not. I'm going to leave all that in. There's going to be an awkward silence there for two seconds while I grab this beautiful clear American cherry vanilla flavored sparkling water beverage with all all natural flavors. Sponsored by Walmart. Whereas I've got something that has a bit more fucking testosterone to it and a little less frou-frou. God bless Pepsi. I will say the Orange Mountain Dew and the Liberty Brew are a thousand times better. Really? Well, the Liberty Blue basically tastes like a fucking slushy in a can. Okay. Yeah. So we've completely uh, hopped off topic there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um and then something else fun happened to him two years later he was groping a chick on a fire escape which why would you grope somebody on a fire escape like there was there was literally no like how he got there this was happening or what have you just yeah two years later he was groping on a woman on a fire escape and he uh she punched him and he fell two floors down and had a second head injury oh yeah she fucking decked him oh yeah. Seems like he got what he fucking deserved, though. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty dope. I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. No, it it said I think it was two floors down. They kind of gave like an exact height, but I I did math and it was basically yeah, give or take. But my question is like, how are you on a like how are you one? Well, why are you on a fire escape? Number one, number two, what? <laughs> what? That's part of those holes. This. 
the entire thing. There's just these weirdo holes throughout the whole story. Yeah, like I like number like I wanted to know like were you were, were you doing like spin the bottle or some shit like that? Were you fucking you know were you like making out on the fire escape and then he grabbed her tit and she's like no and just you know popped him like like what was happening you know just like like I want I want the context I want the stories. Um, <laughs> whatever I, i'm starting to get used to it uh so this is this is where the mommy's little favorite demon comes into play in 1961 his 13 year old sister by the name of kitty k-i-t-t-y actually uh had said that he had been raping and molesting her for either the last seven months or the last 19 months it's said since the last december Okay. Uh, she had made the accusation, I think it was in September? Or, no. It, it gave the specific timeline for when she made the accusation. But when they say the last December, was it the December in 1960? Or was it, like, it was, it was, he had either been doing it for 7 or 19 months. Not that it really matters how long he was doing it for. It's still fucking evil. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's not made clear, uh, you know, but he uh, apparently he did get her pregnant and she was questioned by the police. He actually freely admitted that he had been groping, molesting and doing all other manner of things messed up to the police. He even asked the police officers and I'm actually quoting here. This is what he actually told the police. Doesn't everybody do it? That was his question was doesn't everybody do it? Um, in, in, so, in, in reference to the abuses. So with that being said, could his brother Doug maybe have been lying to save face and the, the incestual molesting really had been occurring the whole time? It very well could have. Uh, there was a lot of mention about how, uh, he, you know, like his, his, the whole mantra was do as much as he can to get away with it as much as he could. Oh yeah. Push that envelope as far as you can. I mean, that, that's kind of like part of the serial killer mo yeah how many times can i push the red button that you told me not to touch yeah. uh so it was it you know just uh and then kitty actually declined to te testify in the case in the case so it, it collapsed you know she she decided that she didn't want to testify um i i know that it's really hard to testify but if anybody out there is ever having any issues please to god testify so that way some motherfucker in jail can rock these assholes lives there is a code among convicts, and I love the convict code. Let them fucking take justice. There are dudes who are serving life who would be way more than happy to, to add one more number to their belt. So please, please do it. Send The convicts are amazing. To another. Yeah. His mother was actually willing to testify in his defense. Yep, his mother was actually willing to testify in his defense. I I kind of get a little bit of a vibe that maybe something had been happening with mom. He was mama's favorite. But okay, you know, and and I do know people who will purposely favor one child or an, over another. And as a parent, yeah, you know, you you do have a kid who tends to mesh with you better than say your other children do. You know. My youngest meshes better with me, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that she is the favored. She and I just get along better. Yeah. 
he was banished for about a year from his uh, family. He did actually reconcile with his parents, but for obvious reasons, the relationship was very, very strained between him and the rest of like his brothers and sisters. I would, I would imagine. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it only took a year. He married a chick by the name of Reina, who was pregnant with an Asian man's child. Um, they didn't really mention he was an Asian bus driver. I don't know why they mentioned Asian. Um, they stated that the child was adopted because of genetics. Then they ended up having a daughter. Fred's parenting skills were basically that of keeping an animal. Like he treated him like a dog. He would essentially oh. cater the children unless he wasn't at work. Uh, Fred and his wife, Raina, had a whole shit ton of affairs. Fred caught his wife and, and her lover in an embrace. Instead of assaulting the dude that she was embracing, uh, Fred punched his wife. And of course, the lover retaliated. Fred pulled a knife, slashing the lover in the stomach. However, it's actually interesting because it states this. Fred got hit in the face a second time and he, quote, stopped defending himself. Yeah, that was the that was that was the quote. That was the end of it. So he either got punched a second time in the face and then stopped the fight or his lover just kept beating the fuck out of him and Fred just took it. You know, knowing what I know about Fred, though, I kind of would hope that the guy just kept going. <laughs> uh, his lover actually, uh, his wife's lover apparently actually handed him his ass more times than not. Uh, when he and Raina would meet, you know, he would see the bruises on Raina, and so he would send it right back to Fred. There were there was one time that Fred struck one of the children, and you know his lo- you know Raina's lover was there and beat the fuck out of him. Like this dude handed Fred his ass on like. There, I, I could probably talk about it for like the next 10, 15 minutes, but just this dude would just beat the fuck out of Fred on many, many occasions. Oh. Uh, Who said people read dead? <laughs> yeah, thank God he's dead. The, the, rest, uh, the rest kind of about his life up until he meets Rosemary is basically like a cop's episode. It's, you know, like he begins having violent mood swings. He would encourage Raina to prostitute to supplement their meager income. They moved a couple of times. They, um, he sold ice cream out of his van, you know, and and then he hits a kid. That's not fucking creepy. Yeah. He hits a kid, kills the kid, moves because he was, he was found innocent. He was found innocent because he accidentally hit the kid, uh, moved into what they call a caravan park, which is, I'm assuming a trailer park. Yeah, a trailer park. Um, yeah. uh, well, actually, a caravan is more like um, it's more like a, a, a pull along or pop up campers. They're more anything. Okay. Um, you will find your occasional mobile home, but it's a collection of campers. Yeah, so he, he basically lived there. Uh, he fled to some place along the way. He met a young girl by the name of Anne McFall. Uh, Anne McFall was this girl whose boyfriend had died in an industrial accident, possibly. I don't know. It just says her boyfriend had died from a workplace accident. She decides uh, all of a sudden she decides to start living in there somewhere along the line. He fucking hires a nanny to help take care of his kids because apparently he can hire a nanny back in 1966 or so, uh, you know, living uh, as an ice cream salesman. Raina tries to leave with the two kids and and the nanny. Uh, but then basically Fred created a hardcore and all this crazy shit. It's fucking, it's just one giant episode of cops. There's fill some of that in for you. And then in 1969, what? Rosemary too. 
Yeah, and then in 1969, he meets Rosemary on her 15th birthday. Yeah. So you want Rosemary's history? Yeah, I've been rambling on for the last 15 minutes. I'm pretty sure they want to hear you talk. (laughs) Rosemary, uh, her maiden name is Letts, L-E-T-T-S. Born November 29th, 1953. Anybody want to do the math? He was what? How many years her fucking senior? He wasn't that many years her senior. I think he was he was 28. He was 28 when, when they met. She was 15. I'm sorry. Ain't no way no 28-year-old is going to lay a hand on my 15-year-old baby. Yeah, Fred was 28. 28 when, when he met Rosemary at 15. She was the fifth of seven children born into a poor family. Um, kind of see that running theme happening. A little bit here. Product of your environment. How many times do I have to argue that? It's not the most popular of opinions, but I really think products of the environment. That bad environment makes bad people. However, um, Rosemary's mom suffered from depression and all kinds of shit like that. During her pregnancy with Rosemary, they actually encouraged and performed electroshock therapy which we we today with our enlarged brains know that's bad for the fetus so maybe that had a little bit to do with why she was kind of who um what was it uh they said it was typically anywhere from 70 to 100 volts could could you imagine that going through your body while you're pregnant? Like, what the little bugger's feeling? That's insane. I, I mean, med- medicine back back in those days was not the most glamorous. Yeah. It was- it, <laughs> oh, you've got, you've got ghosts in your blood. Take cocaine. <laughs> no, that's, that's more like the 20s. I know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Rose was described as being very moody and extremely precocious Uh, at a very young age she was like what i told you the wild child what what does precocious mean because um precocious oh hit your google google that i want to make sure the definition is right because i'm doing everything via cell phone I can't Google. Ah, oh, son of a biscuits. Yes, biscuits of sons. Anywho, while you're doing that, she was prone to daydreaming. She was not an attentive student, nor was she a good student. She, much like Fred, referred to as being very dim. Um, her parents separated when she was a teen. She went to live with her mom. However, that didn't work out very well. After six months, she moves back in with her father. Her father was a paranoid schizophrenic. Anybody out there who has ever dealt with somebody who has schizophrenia, that's a dangerous environment. Mm -hmm. Um, These are people who can go off at any time, and you never really know how violent it's going to get. Does state he was prone to violence and sexually abused Rose and her older sister, Patricia. Um, 
Did you find the meaning of the word precocious? I did, and I apologize to everybody hearing those little sound effects in the background. The recording equipment that I'm using decided it wanted to take a poop a poop while I was attending to Tara's uh, stuff. Uh, I was uh, attending to this, and sometimes the it, it's being dumb. Precocious of a child having developed a certain abilities or proclivities at an early age, earlier age than unusual. Um, indicative of early development, flowering or fruiting earlier than usual. Uh, so basically, she became a, a sexual deviant. Is what I'm getting from that. Yeah, precocious. Nice way of saying promiscuous. And we're about to get to that. Um, at the onset of puberty, Rose was noticeably fascinated by her body's developments. Would strut nude or semi-nude in front of her younger brother, Graham. He, uh, he's four years younger than her. Which is la-di-da. Strut through the house. This is what I have. I understand if you've got it, flaunt it, girls, but in front of your little brother. Well, I mean, Fred apparently was a product of incestuous natures. Look at Rose. Her fucking made, oh. match made in heaven. <laughs> uh, when she was 13 and Graham was nine, she would sneak into his room at night and molest Graham and his much younger brother, Gordon. So now she is sexually molesting her little brothers. Who's more deviant? <laughs> it's like a deviant competition between these two. That's not funny. That's not I apologize. Yeah. Um, it's been noticed or noted that she sexually assaulted Graham full on sexually assaulted him when he was 12. She was like 15, 16. So roughly around the time that she met Fred. Um, now let's throw into it. Daddy's also molesting her as well. And it brings me back to what you had said. Fred had told the police. Doesn't everybody do it? So her dad was molesting her too. And she was her and her older sister, Patricia. Oh, God, fuck. Right. So the two of them are under the assumption of this is just how things are, right? This well, is what every family does. And I do believe at one point we had done something on a killer where he had stated that this is a dad's job. No, I think that might have been somebody else that you were researching. Somebody else I was looking at? Probably somebody else that you were researching. But I, that actually kind of makes sense because her dad was very uh, upset by the fact that she had found a, a boyfriend. And I mean, that that would make sense, too. It, it's almost akin to a, a jealous boyfriend. Yeah. Um, her parents weren't the only one who didn't like him at first, though. Rose was the word that she used, initially repulsed by his unkempt appearance. Yep. Thought he was a tramp. <laughs> um, but she liked his over-the-top attention that he gave her. Like, he fawned on her big time, and she ate that the fuck up. So even though she's not physically attracted to him one iota, the attention he's giving her, 
it, it completely, you know, breaks the fact of did you kind of a double bagger there, bud. <laughs> hmm, sounds like an incident that I recall someone telling me. Yeah, I do believe we had, you know, <laughs> that is best there for another time, all right? Um, no one out there is guilt-free. I know y'all got one ugly mother <sighs> under your belt. Don't be ashamed. It's okay. We've all taken one for the team because the attention was nice or we were just exceptionally bored. <laughs> she actually declined him twice to go on a date and he found out that she was overtly promiscuous and that kind of, uh, even though she had never had a boyfriend because of what she was doing, I, I didn't know that she was doing it with, I, I, there was no mention about that, but Fred, uh, Fred found out that she was quite promiscuous. And I think that might've been one of those, Oh, hell yes, for him, you know, yeah. Well, he was described as insatiable. However, through the research I did, she was the insatiable one. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, uh, there was a lot of talk about how Rosemary was well above where he was. Oh, yeah, like massive, massive sex drive. Um she stood in as kind of a nanny and watched his two kids even went so far as to quit her job that she had. I believed it was a bakery. She yeah. full on quit her job at the bakery with the understanding that Fred would provide her money to give to her parents. So they thought she was getting income. Yeah. You want to know one of the ways that Fred quartered her? This podcast, you can't you can't see her excited reaction of tell me. Fred played the <laughs> Fred played <laughs> Fred played the hand he was dealt. He had two kids and his wife had left him, leaving out many of the important details that would garner sympathy for Rosemary. So he basically played upon her sympathies. Oh, my wife left me for her lover. She left the two kids here. Blah 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 blah. He played hard fucking core victim. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, I even had made a note here is like, you know, Rosemary was 15 at the time. So she's kind of young and dumb, very naive. Fred is 28. He's pretty smart about it, even though it's a decent age gap. But for like the early for the late 60s, early 70s, like even during that time of love and renaissance and craziness, a 15 year old with a 28 year old is still, you know, still a pretty, pretty significant gap. I mean, in today's day and age, it's horrific. Absolutely horrific. <laughs> Most teenage girls are guilty of it. Well, yeah. Like most teenagers, we all dated that one guy who was way too old for us, and we knew it. We knew that person was bad fucking juju. But being so completely naive, so unaware of what the adult world's actually like, that older person seems distinguished. They know more yeah. than you do. And it almost makes you feel smarter because you think they're smarter. I, I couldn't tell you the number of times that I there were 16, <laughs> 16 or 17 year old girls in my class who were like, yeah, I'm dating 23 year old, 22, you know, 22 year old. And I'm like, the, like, 
I, I, I understand the draw to it. You know, he's got money, he's got a job, you know, he, he can, he can lavish you with the things that, you know, might, it's like, I can take you to the movies on Friday once I get my allowance for mowing on the lawns. Whereas he's got, you know, two, 300 extra hundred dollars to spend. Cause he's got a full-time job and he can, you know, Oh, come stay at my place where there's no parents around and blah, blah. And just like all that shit. But you know, even for the seventies, that, that age gap seemed a little, a little much, you know, even for the time of love as it was. Uh, Rosemary's mom was, uh, fun fact, Rosemary's mom was named Daisy and uh -huh. so was Fred's mom. Really? Yep. I, if I, both, I had a dog named Daisy. <laughs> That's a goddamn good dog. You met her. <laughs> she had a, a fascination of jumping on me and landing on my balls. I would, uh, I'd, 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 I'd have Daisy over when I would be playing video games early on and. Daisy would run up, jump on 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 the on the bed or the couch wherever I was, and she just had a she had an uh, this this she was just so good at just taking those front paws and digging them right into my crotch. God, that was a hell of a way to wake up. It doesn't matter because you didn't need them anyway. I didn't. No, I didn't need them anyways. You didn't need them anyway. It's called a snip snip, kids. It helps <laughs> save the environment. Well, after several months of dating Fred, she finally brings him home to meet the parents something we all dread in one form or another integrating the new person into the family it's always very scary and yeah very so her mother was very unimpressed with him um do you know what she called him a braggart braggadocio braggadocio which basically is a braggart yeah full of somebody, arrogance somebody who's all talk all bark no bite and i'm sorry no respectable woman is going to want nothing to do with a guy who can run his mouth but never fucking back it and i do apologize i i, I had to uh look that word up like 15 times like i i had to play the the this like <laughs> how do i pronounce it and so i had to spell it out brag b-r-a space a space d-o space chai space o braggadocio well, she had come to the conclusion that uh, he was a pathological liar. Like, Rose's mother believed that nothing coming out of Fred's mouth was ever the truth. Well, I wonder how she knew this, because her husband must have been lying to her about a lot of shit, and she must become an expert on it. Yeah. Um, her father even threatened Fred directly. Said that if he did not stop dating his daughter Rose, Rose's dad was going to call in the state to have the children taken. And that's exactly what she did, what he did. Uh, and that when mommy and daddy heard the rumors about Rose prostituting herself all over the trailer park. I didn't know she was a prostitute at that young of an age. I know that he had uh, he had wanted her to prostitute uh, some more, but I didn't know it was at that young of an age. Uh, then again, I did. I did. I have it in my notes here. Although after some more cops drama style things, uh, da, 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 da. like that's like that's 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 basically my notes. <laughs> that's like, oh, hey, let's just go ahead and throw this girl into the trailer park and now turn tricks. Tell me that it doesn't sound like some Jerry Springer shit right there. I didn't know she was turning tricks at that young of an age. I know that he did uh, later on in the later years as uh, you know, like once they were actually officially able to be together. He did. Yeah. Uh, he did ask her to prostitute herself, but there was. Well, I, I actually have some interesting stuff on that too. Related. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, she went to a home for troubled teenagers. She, God, she, he, she was sent to the home for troubled teenagers so many times and basically just ran away a whole bunch of times. And then her parents just kind of basically gave up, didn't they? Out uh, pretty much. Um, she was released from the girls' home at 16. Mm-hmm. During that time, Fred was serving 30 days in jail for like unpaid fines. Uh, what was it? Uh, theft and unpaid fees. As soon as he was released, Rose full on moved in with him. Yep, she ran She's away. 16 at this point. Um, Rose's dad tried one last time. To bring his daughter home. Uh, this this is when he got social services involved, mm-hmm. and this is when they discovered Rose was pregnant with their first kid. But guess how many children? Guess what child this was for Fred? Uh, what like third or fourth, right? Fifth. Fifth. This would have been his fifth child. Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, this is because he had he had one with Rena, and then he had like two. Or, he he had a couple other with because uh, him and Rena basically constantly cheated on each other, just constantly cheated on each other. And so if if I did my math correctly, this is actually Fred's fifth child. Wow! Yeah. So they just she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. They send her back to the home. She is given an early release under the grounds that she would terminate the pregnancy and go home to mom and dad, not to Fred, to mom and dad. And she had to terminate the pregnancy. She returned to Fred, uh-huh. not terminate the pregnancy, and was never welcomed back home again. I wonder why. Hmm? Well, do we... Uh... <clears throat> Do we do we know what happened here? Uh, there, there's a fun little fact about Fred's incarceration that's going to come up later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, do it, yeah. Do it. Uh, so their first daughter was Charmaine West. That was the name of the daughter. Well, that's what? not that's not Rose's daughter. No, that's not Rose's daughter. Okay, yeah. Charmaine was his with Rena. Yeah, Charmaine was his kid with Rena. Charmaine West was murdered. However. After some real forensic sciency shit, this was during Fred's incarceration, so it was impossible that he did it. And so, basic. Uh, so, what that means is that Charmaine was murdered by Rosemary. I- and they actually have their uh, one of their other children, one of their sons, to attest to this. Mm-hmm. Rose kicked the girl in the head so many times that she eventually stopped moving. One of the things that Charmaine used to always do that would piss Rosemary off the most is that Charmaine would be, she was so stubborn to the abuse that that Rosemary would lay upon her that she's just like, my mom would never talk to me like this. My mom would never lie, you know, yell at me. My mom is going to come save me. And Raina, yep. Raina made multiple multiple attempts to try to save her kids. She would, you know, run back and forth, uh, between, uh, her, her little, her lover's place in Scott. I think he was from Scotland, but she, yeah, yeah, she would, uh, her lover would, would do that, but she would always try to come check in on, on Fred and the kiddos and 
it you know it, every time Anna Marie the Asian daughter that is not Fred's but Fred did raise her as his mm-hmm. um she was the exact opposite of her sister very emotional about it gave the response that Rose was looking for mm-hmm. so she received less of the shit into the stick yeah because she was so submissive yes um the reason she didn't really get Gur is because she kept thinking my mommy's gonna come and save me yeah yeah um what was it they somewhere in here i will find it give me two seconds i guess apparently so one of one of Rose's, uh, not Rose, I apologize. One of Charmaine's friends who lived in the apartment above had come by one day and was able to attest to these attacks. Mm-hmm. She walked through the door into the West Home. There is Charmaine standing on a chair, bound, gagged, and butt naked, and Rose is holding a big wooden spoon. She described Charmaine as very unaffected by it. Oddly calm. Yes, eerily calm. Yes. Um when when it came down to uh to Anna Marie, she wrote a book later down the road called Out of the Shadows. If anybody is interested in looking it up, I actually have. It is downloaded on my Kindle. I do intend to read it. I had to get rid of one of my other books <laughs> room on my Kindle. But, um, so, Charmaine, full English, Anna Marie, Asian. Hmm. She, uh, she actually doesn't look that Asian, believe it or not. No, she really doesn't. She yeah. really, really doesn't. Um, she had pointed out in her book that when she started questioning Fred about where her sister was, Fred said that, you know, well, your mom came and took her. They mm-hmm. told all different stories. Nothing really seemed to add up. What was it? Uh, Rose told people Charmaine was in Bristol with her mother, told the school she was in London with her mother. Fred said she went to Scotland with her mother. Fred gets out of jail, notices his kid ain't there no more, and just goes with it. Mm-hmm. Just goes with it. Just decides it's dope. Quoting from her book, this is what Fred told her when she asked why her mother took Charmaine and not her. She wouldn't want you, love. You're the wrong color. This was back in the 70s with a lot of... But you got to remember the time frame. It is very fucked up. But you got to remember the time frame, though. This is the 70s where racism was rampant. Uh, Hardcore rampant. Well, Charmaine's body was initially stored in the coal cellar until Fred was released from prison. At this time, he buried her naked body in the yard, remained adamant he did not dismember her body. Her body had been separated at the hip. They also discovered on many of their victims, toes, fingers, you know, pieces of the skull, there were body parts missing. Mm-hmm. Um, for her, it was the patella, the finger, the wrist, toe, and ankle bones. But he insists he's not the one that dismembered her. 
Well, that would that would you know that that would attest to Rosemary's just savagery that will come up later. Yes, uh, she was fucking brutal. Well, not too long after that, Reyna comes back into the picture for the final time. Uh, she she had been doing a lot of welfare checks, but in the later half, it just says in the later half of August of 1971, Fred's sister-in-law uh, recollected that Reyna was depressed, extremely anxious about her child's welfare, and basically she said, fuck it, I'm going to go. I'm going to go get my yeah. kids. Not, I'm going to go was visit them. Not... What? Was It was Fred's sister that she got the address from, right? It... it under Fred's page, it doesn't talk to it. It doesn't. It just says that his sister-in-law Christine re- recollected that Reina uh, visited Fred's family to ask about her children's whereabouts and their welfare. That was when they noted that she seemed very anxious, very depressed, really upset. Um, she was given an address. Reina went to confront confront Fred and take custody of the children. But she was strangled to death and. Uh... It was. It's. Uh, they say that it was in the back of Fred's. Tr- so Fred was drunk off his ass, and uh, basically strangled her in the back of his car. Yep, her body was discovered with small with a small length of metal tubing, possibly had been restrained, and she had been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. That's what they're uh, thinking. Body extensively dismembered, placed in plastic bags, and buried. Yepers. That's. Yeah, that's that's atrocious. And this is before he and Rose even married, right? Because they got married, what, 1972 on January 29th. Yep, so just a little while after. January 29th. What? That's one of my kids' birthday. Oh, phenomenals. Well, or, no, no. This is where the screw-up comes. I got one in July on a 29, and I got one in January on a 28. Ah. Day before her birthday. Way to go. My bad. Way to go, Mom. Fucking it up. Hey, hey, January, July. Dude, come on. I fuck anybody up. But, yeah, um, when they registered at the office to get married, he neglected to mention... That he'd ever been married before. Put himself he, down as a bachelor. Yepers. Yeah, they had no friends there. They had no family there. Um, let's see. Oh, and then several months later, baby. Mm-hmm. They they moved into the infamous twenty five Cromwell Street for seven thousand pounds. Yes. Uh, apparently, it was it was pretty decrepit. Mm, yeah. Like I, it, it was really decrepit. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, that's what it was. So they had turned upper floors into basically uh, a boarding house Mm -hmm. so that they could make additional income off of it. The income was supposed to have gone to repairs on the house. Fred privatized the lower floor for just him and his family. And only he and his family had access to the the garden or backyard. Yeah, he he'd set it up in in such a manner so that way anybody that was coming downstairs basically had to willfully enter into his premise. It it, it was uh, it was set up so that way 
you know the tenants of the upstairs had no reason to go downstairs if yeah. they if they entered his apartment it was it was for obvious reasons but this is where because uh, they had their second daughter on june 1st rose gave birth to the second daughter uh the may date june. of yeah may june m-a-e-j-u-n-e but yeah. that's where it talks about the prostitutes shortly after giving birth to her second child rose began to work as a prostitute operating from upstairs room yeah this is where um, this is where the prostitution came in yeah the spe- she had a specific room it was called rose's room she had the only key to it um a red light had been set up outside the door to indicate whether she was entertaining or not had a bar in there and all kinds i mean it it was swanked out and fred pimped her out in there i fuck it that that's a special kind of man right there i it's even better the room was built with specific little toys um a lot of the time fred would be present watching this happen if fred wasn't present watching it it had peepholes he even put a baby monitor in there so he could listen he actually got off on hearing his wife get off with other people and it wasn't just other men no no it, it was anybody and rose bragged at one point nobody could satisfy her mm-hmm. she uh she was very she was very brutal uh it it, it says uh basically when rose would get it on with other women uh she would she would be very brutal you know going from small to large plastic rubber fun bot plastic fun fun rubber rubber dinghies um and basically she would you know try to suffocate her partners partially she would fucking just like she got off on the pain and the fear of it all and uh they they cried out in the pain you know what her response was aren't you woman enough to take it yes yes i did some research (laughs) i'm not gonna lie there's gonna be a point in here where i kind of give up ladies and gentlemen because i basically got sick and (laughs) tired I got sick and tired of reading a cops episode. Like to me, it's just like, I don't want to read about a cops. Like if I want to watch cops, I could just, I can go on YouTube. So Fred actually would participate in these things. Mm -hmm. Um, over time, he amassed this huge, huge collection of BDSM magazines and, and videos. Uh, eventually the videos expanded to what was it? Uh, bestiality and child abuse um rose at this point i will openly admit before i say this when i first started going through this and i talked to you about it i was under the impression that he had pushed her into a lot of this that he was the controlling factor this is where this is where I flipped sides. Um, Rose controlled everything. She controlled the home's finances. She controlled, you know, who was coming and going, who could board in the home and who couldn't, who Fred got to mess around with and didn't get to mess around with. She had more free will sexually than he did. There is there was one of the one of the because he they didn't just murder some people they were sexual deviants uh, but there there was a in the in the documentary it recalled one of the sexual assaults that they both committed 
was Rose committing the sexual assault on a woman while Fred was getting Rose from behind. But yeah. it was all Rose giving the commands. It was Rose. Rose was just in charge. Like it, it was. It was funny because I was the same with you when I was re-listening to the documentary and obviously rereading everything. It was just really intense because it would start off with, you know, Fred this, Fred that, that, that. I was like, Fred's a motherfucker. Fred's the dude getting behind it. And all of a sudden, you know, they made the, oh, yeah, Rose was assaulting this one chick as well, too, and absolutely loving it while Fred was crying doing Rose doggy style. And it's like, wait a minute. That's some power to where Rose is like, I'm going to do this to her while you do that to me, and you don't get none of that. Because if Fred was in charge, he would be getting it with the other, you know, like, the, I'm thinking of, like, the power struggles, and I'm just like, okay, no, this is, this is straight up, this is straight up, what the fuckery. Um, it, it, I really took the turn when I started, uh, I found an article where one of their sons finally speaks out. Mm-hmm. Full-blown speaks out. Um, Steve, Stephen or Stefan, I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced because Stephen can be spelled with PH2. Um, he speaks out and states that in 1999, that's the last time he spoke to his mother. Mm-hmm. She had called him just spewing with hatred. And basically blamed him for everything, said it was his fault this happened, that, you know, stating that he never should have been born or he should have been killed after birth. I'd stop talking to a motherfucker after that, too. He points out in this uh, in this interview, Fred was terrified of Rose. Rose mm-hmm. ran the show. She called the shots. Fred gave her everything, whether he liked it or not. He did anything she asked because he wanted her happy. Because when Rose was happy, he was able to keep breathing. Um, Where is it? His mom made his dad a minion who just wanted to please her in order to stay alive. And I quote, he was terrified of her without a doubt right up to the day he died. He was terrified of her and what she could do. They look at him and think she was the controlled wife. This poor wife who was brought into this, but it wasn't that way at all. I know it wasn't. I was there. I saw it. I witnessed it. The way he was around her, he just wanted to please her. She dominated that relationship. I mean, I'm all for a little, you know, domination, but damn. That woman had him whipped. Yeah, she, she had him firmly, firmly in his, in his, in her grasp. Sorry, her grasp. She, she definitely was, was the one in charge. So I, I, I am apologizing profusely for falling right into that stereotypical thinking of, oh, that poor girl. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry. At no point had it even occurred to me when I first started looking into this that Rose was the one that, that you know, was the smoking gun. Yeah, she she was the one that, that definitely fucking, she, oh my god, that Rose was, Rose was a lot of the mastermind behind everything. And this is, this is the part where 
Tara has a little extra information than I don't because, you know, during a lot of this time, there's a lot of cop drama. It's basically like one giant episode of cops where there's just a whole bunch of weird shit going on. They, they start murdering everybody. You know, they really start kind of going on their spree. There's some sexual assaults that they get, that the cases get dropped on. And just a lot of just, it's just one massive cops show kind of plays out. And then all of a sudden Fred West is arrested and he's charged and they do an investigation and then Rose gets arrested and everything just kind of, you know, it, it all balls up. But the biggest thing that we had a problem on, and this is the reason why I, I stopped doing research was there's very very little information on the deaths i mean it's a lot uh it's a lot like btk uh thank you again alan for throwing out btk for us to do but they would they would they would ride they would basically prowl the streets for their victims and then kill them and i mean it kind of starts back in 1967 where they killed ann mcfall the girl from earlier um there wasn't really much uh, about there until, you know, they, they finish and they end their murders in, you know, 1987, but they're not caught until like 1992 or 1993 is when they both get arrested. But a lot of like a lot of the footnotes, I mean, like just for instance, and this is just the information that they have in April 12th of 1975, Juanita Mott, who was 18 had been a former lodger at 25 Cromwell street, but was living with her family in Newton when she disappeared. Mott is believed to have been abducted by the West as she was hitchhiking along B4215, which I'm assuming is a highway in Britain. In this subsequent co- confessions to police, Fred would refer to Mott as the girl from Newent. It just, and that's it. That is all the information that we have on Juanita, Mo- uh, Juanita Mott. Oh, I got a whole lot you ain't got then. Yeah, I, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't find shit. But what was, what was the whole reason why there was not very much on the, on the murders? So, okay, uh, a lot of it they weren't really able to charge. Uh, so the death of uh, Anne McFall, who was eighteen, and then the death of Mary. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna butcher this last name. Bastholm. Bastholm. It, it sounds, it sounds Jewish, so it'd probably be Bastholm. Who was 15. They mm. were unable to charge because they couldn't prove them. So, basically, they were found guilty of just 10 instead of 12. However, Fred, upon confession, you know, when talking with the police, he said the numbers were 20 and up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that means there's up to 18 or more unidentified missing girls. Here is the major reason why they cannot do it. It's unlikely we will ever know precisely how many the West actually killed. An entire county would have to be dug up. Um, Relatively limited digs have resulted in at least 200 square yards and an entire estimated 2.25 million already. The plot where some of these others would have been buried, the ones that he was confessing to upon arrest, it's been built over. It is the M8 motorway. And that is why we will not get those answers because they would have to shut down, destroy the motorway to find these bodies. The M8 motorway. The M8 motorway is, I'm assuming it's kind of like the Audubon. It's the main highway. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of the major From highways. That's what it looked like. 
Um, there's, I have got info about that big in between her starting prostitution and their arrest. And by that big, it, Tara's showing about her arm span, her entire arm span. I apologize. I am an ass. I apologize. I, I no, see no. on video, so <laughs> my brain. No. Um. So to jump back a scooch, and we will come back to the arrest because I do have some answers there too. All right. Um. By 1977, Rose's dad has pretty much accepted that this this is it. That she's married to this piece of shit. Um. He starts to develop this kind of like grudging respect for Fred. Um, they ended up opening a cafe together, which it soon dissolved or insolvent, which basically means that um, it, it went into financial ruin. They oh. couldn't pay any of their debts. Um, Bankruptcy. Yeah. This is when Dad finally gets full-blown confirmation his daughter's a hooker and guess what he becomes one of her clients shut the fuck up shut the front door i will not her daddy became one of her clients um there is it's even rumored that one of her eight children could possibly be his that gets better how does it get better it's better. So, back to the a chitlins. My bad. I can bleep um, that out. Thank you. Uh, the children were rarely allowed to socialize outside of the home. Oh, keep talking. Um, unless Rose and Fred were, were there. Um, they had strict guidelines with severe punishments. <clears throat> mostly doled out by Rose. Oh, go figure. In 1992, the kids were admitted to the emergency room 31 times, never reported. Um, Anna Marie, which I believe is his, the youngest girl, in 1972, 8-year-old Anna was taken to the cellar where she was ordered to undress. When she refused, Rose tore the dress from her stripped, bound, and raped by her father. Rose encouraged Fred to rape his eight-year-old little girl. Um, here we go. No, it was not another killer. It was this one. Told the child everybody does it to every girl. It's a father's job. It's a father's right. Um, threatened to beat her if she said anything to anyone. Rose continued the abuse, and uh, Fred continued to rape his own child. Um, they would make her do chores, wearing a miniskirt and sexual devices. Then they prostituted her. Out of their own home, they prostituted their child. Lied to these clients and said she's 16. Um, Rose was always in the room so that the little girl couldn't say anything. Blue, it's inappropriate to do your giggle right now, buddy. Um, at 13, 14 years old, she was taken to a bar. Rose got her drunk. When Fred came to fetch them, 
he beat Anna and raped her. God damn, bud. We're like, done. <laughs> I don't think we need to go any further there, Tara. I don't think we need to go any any, any further. We we on some of the additional that had happened in between. We're done with the children. That that okay. I was about to say that that's that uh, you could have just left it at as he was a horrible fucking man. So he hired in these nannies all the time, right? Yep. Caroline Owens. In 1972, they hired Caroline, then 17, as a nanny. When the West began to make advancements towards her, she made she made her intentions to leave very clear. Said mm-hmm. she wanted said she wanted to go home. Um, they knew, and this is how they found her, they knew she would hitchhike a certain route to go back and forth to see her boyfriend. They found her doing this, this trek, apologized, said, you know, we're incredibly sorry. Ms. Owens was under the assumption, oh, well, maybe I misread that, and got into the vehicle. She, they actually, in, in the documentary that I watched, they actually interview her. And she, Do they? yep, they actually interview her. The one that Rose was assaulting as he was behind her. Yep, that was that was that was the the one where Caroline was. She was the one who was assaulted, and and Rose was doing the assaulting, and then he was he was yeah. behind her. She's um, actually the main reason why they got in trouble. Yeah, because uh, who they they she gained their sympathy. And she was let go. And then, of course, you know, they're like, Fred was crying. It was like, oh, you're not going to tell the cops, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, I won't tell the cops. And then immediately went home and told her mom. And, of course, what, is, what does any mother do when they mommy find out? Mommy reported it. Yeah, um, mommy reported it. And that's when, that's when a lot of shit happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Fred, had, Fred had threatened her that if she were to say anything... They would invite their black friends over to misuse and abuse her, and then he'd bury her in the backyard. Um, Told her that she was there for Rose's pleasure. Not his. Rose's. Again, wanting to make Rose happy. Anything to keep him alive. Um, Takes a whole new meaning to happy wife, happy life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, Owens couldn't face them in court yep. to testify. So everything was dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, when Owens heard that everything had been dropped, from what I read, she attempted suicide. Yeah, it, there's a bit of a dark time for her, but she uh, she lived to... She's a ripe old age right now. She's she's still alive and kicking as far as i'm aware of she looks like an old lady in the documentary but yeah she oh. definitely well and then uh she was how old was she i think she was like 16 at the time 17 17 okay she was a year old girl yeah um after fred's arrest what was it after fred's arrest in 1994 he confided that Rose had murdered Shirley Robinson and had assisted in her dismemberment, personally removing Robinson's fetus from the womb. It took me forever to find even a shred of info about that. Please tell me you have more info because all it gave me was that 
There you go. Oh. I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, Rose removed a baby? The woman was eight months along. Yeah. Um, uh, who was it? Anne McFall was eight months pregnant when she was murdered. Okay. There's yeah. another one. Um, yeah. Also, I apologize. Daughter. I apologize uh, for anybody who's watching the video in the future. My recording stopped. I ran out of storage. I ran out of storage on my phone, not on the, not on my computer. My computer has fucking 500 gigs of data to store, but my, there we go. My video's over and done with. So congratulations. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, no, right. um, there's a, uh, yeah. So slight technical difficulties are fucking amazing, but yeah, there, okay. there's, there's a lot of shit like that. Like that's, that's kind of where the, the numbers come from. Like Fred would have had like, seven or eight kids because a lot of the, the women that he killed were probably pregnant with his kids. I mean, fuck like you, you, I mean, honestly, if, if you're a serial killer, you know, just eh, inside somebody and they'd stick around with you long enough and you're like, yeah, I'll just kill him. I don't want to have it like, all right. It, but Fred actually told Steven or Stefan, uh, before he was arrested in the early hours of the following morning, as his son, Steven or Stefan was about to leave for work, Fred informed him, look, son, after mom and I saw the house, I've done something really bad. I want you to go to the papers and make as much money as you can. And then the police came to Cromwell Street and conducted their search for Heather, uh, who, who was one of their victims. And uh, That would be their first daughter together. She was 16. And um, Fred indicated that he his wish to be arrested for Heather's murder and be taken to Berlin Police Station to provide a full confession. He was ar then arrested and formally cautioned or what we would call Mirandized. What had caused the arrest and Fred's um, understandable discomfort and what also brought about Heather's death, Heather told one of her friends about what had been going on in the home. Mm -hmm. Word got round. That's when Rose kicked Heather in the head to the point where that's it. She no longer moved. Um, younger brother Barry would later describe being seven and watching Rose kick Heather in the head until she no longer moved. Um, then in 92, that was when he was arrested again, right? Uh, yeah, he was arrested. Well, that was the discovery, uh, the search warrant. He was accused of raping his 13-year-old daughter three times. Um, Rose was arrested for child cruelty. The case again collapsed in 93 when the child refused to testify. All the children were removed mm -hmm. and put in foster care. Testify. Uh, That's what an investigation. And yeah, Adam. We went in and found... Um, human remains and apparent torture around the house. This is when Rose turns on Fred. Yeah. Rose hardcore turned on Fred, but a little twist of fate here, ladies and gentlemen, um, Fred committed suicide in prison on January 1st of 1995. Fred decided that he was no longer going to take it and just decided to say, fuck it. Uh, his suicide note is actually here, if you want me to read it to everybody. Yep. To Rose, West, Steve, and May. Notice how it's only addressed to three 
of the few individuals. Well, Rose, it's your birthday on 29 November 1994, and you will be 41 and still beautiful and still lovely, and I love you. We will always be in love. The most wonderful thing in my life was when I met you, or our love, I'm sorry, when I met you. Our love is special to us. So, love, keep your promises to me. You know what they are. We are put together forever and ever is up to you. We loved Heather, both of us. I would love Charmaine to be with Heather and Raina. You will always be Mrs. West all over the world. That is most important to me and to you. I haven't got you a present, but all I have is my life. I get, I will give it to you, my darling. When you are ready, come to me. I will be waiting for you. Fred West's suicide note. <sighs> Probably made a little blood pacted. You know, I kill myself, you kill yourself. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, and it's it's funny that he referred to her as being lovely because when you look at Rose, she's she's very plain Jane, very plain in appearances. There's nothing extraordinary about her looks at all. She's not even what I would have called a classic beauty. Um, but then again, you got to remember the standards were in the '60s and '70s. Yeah. But she was very frumpy, had put on weight at a very early age, especially from having kids. Um, you think with all that rigorous exercise. <laughs> Sex exercise isn't good for everybody. Um, yeah, bad joke, sorry. Photos, when I looked at photos of her in the courtroom, she looked like your typical everyday grandma. I mean, she really did. She she looked like somebody who would smell like chocolate chip cookies for fuck's sake. That's and, a great image. Oh, <laughs> she did. She looked like your everyday normal grandma. She mm -hmm. she had nothing extraordinary about her. So it's it's really odd to to think that he thought so highly of her. Even after everything disgusting that she did, he still thought that highly of her. Um, well, I, I mean, you take a, you, you take into consideration that Fred West had, he had been the, the kind of individual that started off with, oh, incest is normal. This is normal. This is, you know, every, everybody does this. Everybody does X. Everybody does Y. Everybody does Z. And then you, you know, come to find out, no, that's not how life is at all. And then you find somebody like, uh, you know, Rosemary who is hardcore, like, Hey, um, I think you're beautiful. I think you're this, you know, like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. I like what you lavish upon me. Blah, 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 blah. Fucking fast forward. Like it, it's an immaculate fine. Like I, I remember, you know, thinking to myself when I was on that two year drought, I was like the fuck, you know, like how, like seriously, like nobody, nobody out there on Tinder, nobody out there has any of the passions I have. And then, you know, you meet somebody and you're like, holy shit. This person likes disc golf. This person actually cares about my parrots. You know, this person cares about this, that, and the third. Like, yeah, it kind of it kind of sparks a little something in you that you're like, fuck yeah, like this is dope. And then you kind of find out maybe like some dark shit about them. They're like, yeah, so I like to kick puppies in the face. And you're like, I can maybe put up with that, you know. And it, it, you st it's it's the look on Tara's face is, is adorable, but it you know. Oh my god. <laughs> But I mean, it like it's those small little advances, you know. It's those small little things, and this is, of course, in the serial killer world. 
I'm not talking like the, the you know, I'm not talking about this being a real thing that I could totally do because I would kill a motherfucker if I saw him kick a puppy. I'd go to jail for that shit. Hardcore. But <laughs> the sigh of relief that you could see on her face. <laughs> but, but, but for real, like you find that person and then there's that small little thing about them that you're like, yeah, I can deal with that. You know, I could deal with that small little thing. You know, I could, I, I could deal with that. And then when you, when you have somebody like the two crazies, like Rose and, and Fred, you could, see, could you not see the, the whole feeding off of each other? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, they were a toxic cocktail. And, and that's just what I think. Unbelievably toxic cocktail. I mean, they were bad on their own. Add, add drop a Jagger here, add a, you know, a sip of Red Bull here, throwing a little yeah. monster, throwing this, you know, like, oh, let's add a little bit of vodka to it, you know, and just, it, it technically makes it like, you're just making the drink stronger. It's like, ah, brew the moonshine a little longer, you know, let's make it 210 <laughs> proof, you know, 105 proof ain't shit, you know, let's really get some people fucked up. And this, this probably what it was, was that when Rosemary found out that he was wrapped around her fucking finger, you know, she could get him to do whatever the fuck she wanted. Yeah, she exploited that. Yeah. I mean, she full-on exploited that. And she loved the attention he gave her. And I think I think Fred being, you know, looking, I think he was probably the type who was willing to do anything just to keep a girl around. It's not like many women went for his advancements especially the types of advancements that he made. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, when you're taking a look at, a, at an individual like Fred West and I mean, for the seventies, like this, he was your typical male. Like he, I, I mean, there's a, there's a photo of the West family that I could, I could definitely toss up. Perm and all. He's got, you know, the blue suit with a, a what looks like a flower kind of up top, you know, like he, he, and then Rosemary's got those big old honking fucking seventies glasses that are faded from the top down that are now retro look. She's got the, you know, the short mom cut. Like it's your typical family. Although it was in 1984 that they took this picture so that, you know, they're a little lacking behind the times, but you know, you, yeah. you look at no, them and they weren't behind. Trust me in 1984, the Sally, Jesse Raphael glasses were popular. I don't Just know what huge moody oh. glasses. Well, no, I'm talking like their style. Like their style looks oh, very yeah. For well, it, I mean, it, when people think of the '80s and the fashion of the '80s, what you what you all think of is actually late '80s, early '90s. Mm -hmm. The '70s clung on for a while through the beginning of the '80s. So you also got to think UK. Fashion over there is not like fashion over here. Mm -hmm. You know, American fashion is very, very different. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, they're uh, they're in the UK. I, I can like that's one of the things that I have to remember. Like with some of these serial kills, like we were talking about um, Peter. You know, it was German. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that he was German for the for, for the longest while, and then, you know, Kirsten. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, he's German. You know, I'm talking about these guys, and you know, I remember listening halfway through the document. They were UK's most, you know, what blah 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 because I can't fucking yeah. words are hard right now. But it's like, oh, that's right. He was a fucking, you know, he's from the UK. So yeah, yeah. I mean, their their fashion. They they strike me as the sort who either they have their finger on the pulse. 
or they have no idea how to find the pulse. They'd... That's that's European fashion. In my opinion, that's European fashion. I I, or you aren't. There is no in between. I've I've watched some some UK documentaries about it. Just that's that's why that's why I'm super simple. Just a pair of khakis and a fucking white or black T-shirt. It's just super Uh, easy. Oh yeah, no. Bambi's gotten a look at my closet. (laughs) Ain't nothing easy in my closet. No. No, my my shoe collection alone. <laughs> but you know, like it's they they look like your typical couple. They really do, and they, do. It, they look very normal, very mundane. Except for the fact that they had like eight or ten kids, and well, then again, the eighties was fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god! I just can't. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas, you're all getting a fucking piece of chocolate, and we're calling it a day. <laughs> Overall, I, I definitely, uh, just that realization of, of what a, uh, a Femi approach I had to this when I first started, you know, researching, it, a lot of this was sick. It was twisted, but it- <laughs> Your understatement def- of the century. Well, it definitely opened up the fact that- uh, I I fell I fell straight into some stereotypical ideas when I started reading through this, thinking, "Oh, the poor girl." So I'm kind of glad we did choose to do the killer couple. Mm-hmm. I really am. Yeah, it it's an interesting it's it because I I had the I had the exact same thought as you did. Legitimately, I had the exact same thought of this is. Um, you know, Fred West was the the driving force behind it. You know, when I found out, you know, Rosemary was fifteen and a little promiscuous. It's like, yeah, what yeah. girl? You know, what girl wasn't per- a little promiscuous as 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 a young child? Like, I I mean, I was a little TMI here. I was a very late bloomer. Like, I didn't. Yeah, I went through sex. I didn't shit like that. But like, it was it was at the age of seventeen, eighteen that I really you know blossomed into. Oh, this is what adult things can do. You know, this is what you can do as an adult. And, you know, finding out all my friends were like 15, 16, or even some of them like 14 or 13, you know, where they're like, oh, yeah, I had butt sex. It's like, oh, dude, fucking okay. I guess that's a start. You know, so it was, it was kind of along the, the normal lines of what you would normally find. But then all of a sudden, you start reading along the line, and you're like, oh, 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 Rose is in charge. And you just slowly come to that realization that, uh, 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 this is some straight, uh, some straight whipped stuff. It was the age difference, too. The fact that he was so much older, I thought, oh, he's got to be the one in charge. No. Yeah, like maybe he groomed her a little bit. Uh Uh-uh, she fucking came out of this ready. That's the word I was looking for. Groomed her. Thank you. You're a genius. This is what happens when you watch too many documentaries. But but yeah, I was like Rose, like how like but she like fucking from your little explanation, just she came out of the gate ready to fucking like. Rambo just coming out of the gate like bitch you want a 40 mic mic or you want a 50 cal what do you got and he's like I got a 22 she's like all right well let's show you how to fucking rock this shit and it's like all right go for it I guess <laughs> well and if you noticed it was after the birth of their first child and after their marriage that she knew I got this bitch tied down now we're gonna play my game yeah she knew she had him a 
officially whipped and cornered. Yeah, just straight. That's where she started running shit. Yeah, just straight. This is fucking mine. This is this is this is my show. I'm I'm gonna rock this, and there's yeah. nothing that nobody can stop me. And like I said, I'm all for a little dominance in a relationship, but dude, you gotta share that position a little bit. The, you have got to share that shit. Just a scooch. It's, it's, babe, where do you want to eat? Hmm, I don't know. Well, okay, then I guess we're not gonna. You can stay. <laughs> I okay. It's a funny, funny, funny story. <laughs> funny story. I I had an ex girlfriend that uh, I had gotten so sick of. I'd be like, babe, where do you want to eat? She's like, I don't know. I, I want food. I was like, all right, what kind of food are you in the mood for? I don't know. Food. Do you want Chinese? No. Do you want pizza? No. And I just go down the list. And she's like, no, 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 no. I was like, where do you want to eat? She's like, food. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to go to Subway and I'm going to get what I want. You can come with me if you want. Otherwise, you're going to sit home and you're going to find whatever you want in my fridge. Best of luck because I haven't gone grocery shopping. So do you want to come with me or not? <laughs> I was like, I'll stop anywhere you want to along the way. But like, fuck it. You're going to choose some shit. I, I'm sorry. I can't trust a bitch who says no to Chinese and pizza. <laughs> my inner fat kid. I'm sorry. My inner fat kid. When I am told, what do you want to eat? Oh, I am not going to tell you. I don't care. I will instantly let you know. This is what I, this is what I want. What sounds good to you? I can collaborate. Okay. Yeah, like collaborate with me. If, if I'm like, Hey, I want fucking subway or, you know, I'm in the, I can eat some Chinese. Oh, well I'm in the mood for, you know, pizza or Italian tonight. Well, okay. Chinese and Italian are pretty much similar. Let's go have some Italian. I can get some noodles or some shit like that. You know, fuck. Okay. Collaborate. But God, just fucking no. Yeah. Rose was just, just, we're going to go do this. And this is how it's going to happen because I said so. And Fred's just like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. He was basically her dog. And she used, abused, and beat him as if he were her dog. And him being the stupid puppy kept fucking coming back for more. No matter how many times she beat him, he'd fawn on her. I, I, I mean, there, there, were, there are some positives, but the overwhelming negative is the, the killing of other people and the getting gangbanged by other people. That I mean, those are that's that's fucking like I mean I I could get beat I could get beat by my girlfriend that's whatever she whatever no big deal you know but I'm just I'm just saying like it's to to me I I just it it was almost like Rose was gifted Fred oh oh okay oh god what uh, there's there's so a... the heavens just opened up and said, here, this is another sick motherfucker. Join! Well, sick fuckers together! <laughs> Have you ever... <laughs> I think the movie was called The Agency. Have you ever seen the movie The Agency? No. So basically, uh, The Agency, it, it, it's like the FBI, but God's FBI is what it is. And they have these little books that show these little pipelines, and, and this guy is not supposed to meet this girl because he's going to fall madly in love with her. And if he falls madly in love with her, he's going to be obsessed with her for a very, very long time. And no matter what the agency does to rearrange them, they always find a way back to each other through these books because of how, you know, like their life patterns or what have you. And it's, it's a, it's a really cool movie. I really like the way that it ends up being done, but it was almost like, you know, it was almost like the, 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 the perhaps chance meeting 
where it was like, if these two intersect, just fucking things go off the rails. Cause that's what the, the relationship was in the agency where the, if the guy and the girl meet shit just goes off the rails and it's not technically supposed to. And so that's why, you know, I, I was thinking all of a sudden just Rose met Fred or Rose was, you know, kind of met him. And then it was like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's see what happens. And the agency redirected everything. It was like, yeah, fuck it. Go for it. You know, like <laughs> let's, we need a little, we need a little crazy in our lives. There's, there's not much going on in the eighties right now. Boogie and <laughs> boogie and cocaine is happening. Let's, let's fucking throw some evil in there. I'm sorry, did somebody just create disco? Well, she fucked. <laughs> All right, we need a serial killer in the UK. Hey, Fred, go meet this girl. <laughs> you know. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so hot in this apartment. It's 83 degrees in my my tin can right now. <sighs> mine. It's what? It's 72. I actually have to wear a sweatshirt. I'm so comfy. Well, because and the reason why I have the AC off is because if I have the AC on, sometimes it messes with Tara's audio to where she sounds really, really distant. And it really, really sucks because we've tried to do these podcasts before and I'll be like, what? Can't hear you. And nothing changed. She doesn't move her headset. She doesn't move her mic. She doesn't move anything. And she just sounds kind of like that. And I'm like, you got to move it. And just it. she'll just like get real close and then back up or she'll like wiggle her phone or something like that. And just magically it works. So to deal with all of that, and for all you beautiful bastards out there, I, uh, I'm i taking the heat right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking this heat for you. He's taking one for the team. Uh, I will <laughs> never... Bambi never did nothing for serial killers and chill. <laughs> kind of glad my video stopped because now I can take off my shirt. It's so hot. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Calm thine self. Calm thine uh, self. All right. And on that note, we're going to end. Bring this to a close. Uh, well, I just want to say, uh, again, we're not sponsored by Walmart at all. That was just a play. I just, <laughs> for those of you out there thinking we actually are, no, nobody's picked us up. <laughs> but we're looking. <laughs> gift cards, gift cards to Noodles and Company. Gift that, 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 that <laughs> If you give me a gift card to Noodles and Company, I give me a two-page dissertation. I will read it on the podcast because you fucking you paid me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, you glorious bastards, for sitting and listening through our fucking rants. Our, Love you. Our longest podcast yet, by the way. Yes. You've made it through. Congratulations. Oh. If you uh, oh. if you hook if you if you if you comment. On the podcast is up, gold star because you listened all the way through to it. I will send you a gift. Awesome, uh, love it. Incentive. Incentive to listen to the whole damn thing. All right, I love you, beautiful <laughs> bastards. Have an awesome rest of your day. <laughs>